ladies and gentlemen, it's the Deraged Bigwood Podcast. Where everything is backwards. Because it's partially recorded in Mississippi. Yeah. There you go. Oh, Mississippi burn. Burning. 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 In the piney woods. So, uh, last week, you know, we did a show, uh, you know, we, what did we, exactly did we talk about last week? Uh. Sturf. Yeah, we, I mean, you know, pandemic stuff, you know, we kind of hit on that, but we kind of ended, we, we vamped a little bit, right? And we talked about YouTube, I just like, I, I was hating on YouTube. We did get some feedback, uh, and let me read it. Was it from YouTube? Uh, no, it's not. Was it written on a handwritten letter? Ah, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, Came in the mail. Pigeon uh, yeah, to, to deliver Papyrus. Uh, it says it was a good conversation. And it's like two things I learned from the Deranged Penguin podcast is that uh, uh, Adam is on point about U two and the Beatles. I was like, man, I already like this response. This is my favorite. <laughs> and then the second part is that I should not be in people's DMs. Uh, and at first Adam's I was like, what, paying for what does that mean? And then I remember like, as we kind of wrapped up, uh, Gina was like, all right, me, I forget was like, Hey, if you're like over 40, I don't think you should be in people's DMS already. Uh, and I mean, you know, well, there you go. Giving out life advice here on the derangement podcast. Words to live by. Yeah, adhere to it. Live by it. You'll be a better you. Um, and you know, I like it. Uh, so we're going to talk about some stuff. So what they say about me and Dell? I mean, this, probably that you have bad opinions. I mean, I don't know what... They, that's inferred, they, isn't it? They agree with Adam about the Beatles. <laughs> I'm not worried about what they think about me. Right? Like, you like your not as good as Mentos jingles. That's fine. Whatever. Uh, you know, you can like it. I want to hold your hand. Dale's like, oh, man, that's my jam. Uh, so, all right. So good song. We, are, we did hit yeah. on some things. I'm going to talk about them later because actually, you know, I was like... There was like some video I saw. What did you think? And it was very vague. Uh, so I went and found it. Like, what the hell was I talking about? I was wrong. I'll say this. I was wrong. And Dell was right about Dave Brubeck. I don't, yeah. I forget what I read. I can't find what I read. They kind of mixed get, me up. Did you was get that, Dell? Right? I was right about Can you say yeah. that again. Mark it down. What's, what's today? March, <laughs> March 30th. That has to do with music. Dell was right weird. about Dell's. So weird. Uh, you know, it is, it is weird. <laughs> what are the odds? Uh, so we'll talk about that a little bit later on. And I mean, you can check, check the chapter markers or whatever. You know what I mean? We give you technology. You can figure out where it is. Uh, right now, I want to talk about this article that you sent me about Mississippi. Sent Sir. us. Huh? Sent us. I mean, you sent I was shared with as well. Uh, did you read it? I did. When? That time and, and <laughs> recent in the other mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Don't you know, worry about my time. They'll send it to us, and I swear I was the only one that read it for like two weeks. And I was like, so Del about that article you read? He's like, yeah, I haven't read it yet. I was like, what the hell? Did you fucking send me something? You ain't even read I mean, it yet. <laughs> He's like, I don't know if it's good yet. Whatever. So, yeah. Del, what was it about? And then why did you make me read it? And maybe Gina, well, if she was there, whatever. Hey, so normally you don't see uh, things written about Mississippi life that were written in a thoughtful kind of literary way. So that struck me at first. I was like, this seems like a reasonable thing to read, but uh, it was about how the myth of, of Mississippi, um, this sort of like Southern gentleman, Southern gentlewoman sort of like 
mystique around Mississippi doesn't really exist in this in the Piney Woods and how the Piney Woods kind of stands apart. Um, I I have a question. Where is the Piney Woods? I'm in the Piney Woods. (laughs) It's it's basically from like Meridian. It would be kind of the upper cusp. The Pine Belt is what they call it. Um, Down to down to about halfway between Hattiesburg and the coast. The pine trees start to thin out. The land gets really flat, and and that's where you start to get in the coastal area. And it's kind of hilly, you know, and and just layered with uh, with pine trees. Yeah, I did not know that. It turns out yeah. I, there's I've a coast driven, in Mississippi. Yeah, I've driven the length of Mississippi, as have you. Width, length, cross, and down. We did a cross. We we marked it like very Catholic style. You know, uh, at various points in our lives, I think because we drove through it to go to Georgia, right? Mm-hmm. And then we drove north south to to get out of there in the pandemic time. Uh, I mean, I guess what I saw was Piney Woods or something like that. Uh, so what struck me about it, right? And I was like, okay, is that there are places, even a place that's as mythologized as like Mississippi, right, that are not part of the, I guess the the easy myth about it. I've been thinking about these kinds of things because you know everybody's on media like these coastal elites or people in the Midwest or you know we we make these broad generalizations like in flyover country and you're like uh you know what what everyone has been saying uh is that nobody really knows what it's like here and that's true cuz I mean it's almost impossible to know where it what it's like everywhere you know you can only take the 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 summarized version of wherever place that you, you're talking about, right? We like to joke about Mississippi, but a lot of what we know about Mississippi is like the handful of times we've been there and most of it, 99% of it is the, if it's its reputation on entertainment or like in sensationalized news, right? I think, yeah, we're like, man, Mississippi, there's some, there's some racism down there, right? But there's also a lot of people that are just kind of like, I don't know, barbecuing or something. You know what I mean? Just living our life. And I think that's one of those things that people say when they live in Mississippi. is like, we're not out here doing racisms all the time. It's most of the time, but not all the time, right? Sometimes we just, you know, watch TV. Uh, and I was thinking about that, how like, it's Texas that same way. People talk about Texas, where we are. Uh, kind of like, oh, yeah, it's like cowboys, right? You know, wearing cowboy boots and cowboy hats. Uh, no, we're not. We're not yeah, all rustling. <laughs> like, kind of, yeah, but kind of no, too. <laughs> well, I mean, we do that, again, that's Monday through Thursday. The rest of the time, we wear tennis shoes. But, yeah, I mean, like, Houston is very different than Dallas, right? Which is very very different from Austin. And a lot of people say on, like, like Silicon Valley types, for a good, you know, they would come to Texas, quote-unquote, for South by Southwest only. And so their experience with Texas was Austin, right? One of the smaller big cities in the state. A very unique place. It's a college town. Like, Austin is definitely not Dallas. And it definitely isn't Houston. And it's not San Antonio. And so you go to Austin, you're like, this must be what the entire state is like, right? It's not. And, um, you know, like, I think, you know, you know, it, here we kind of like have to push back against that. Like Texas is not all like that. We're not just all walking around with guns, but there's a lot of people walking around with guns. Uh, we're not all a bunch of rednecks that speak with an accent, but 
There's a lot of people speak with an accent and say, yeah, I'm a proud redneck kind of guy. Uh, it's Southern, but it's not. You know what I mean? Like, there's there's that kind of thing. So that kind of struck me. People in that article talking about, like, hey, we're, we're from They're Mississippi. They're more complicated. Yeah, but Mississippi is more than just antebellum South. You know. We um, have depth. Yeah. Yeah. So I get yeah, I, I respect that. I was, you know, I was thinking while I was reading it, I was like, you know, where did the even, where did the concept of the antebellum Mississippi, like the Oxford and the Natchez, like come into be the dominant, you know, place in the mind for people. And I think that it's easier to romanticize that aspect of, you know, Mississippi history or whatever. But I, w- I would, I would bet that gone, the popularity of Gone with the Wind, you know, that other Southern states tried to like piggyback on top of that. It took place in Georgia, but yeah, that antebellum lifestyle is what is what they're talking about. And, um, and yeah, the sat, the piney woods is just a super poor, traditionally super poor is a lumber, you know, stripped for lumber and, and left, you know, economically depressed, uh, and the trains are all that's really had. So it's just the real, I would say it's probably the real like country Southern. I think the first, the sort of thing. first part of the article that struck me was that this place is not like the myth of Mississippi because I was curious to know what the Southern myth was that mm. they were referring to. Cause when I think of the South, I just think of racism. <laughs> and when I right. hear the word Mississippi, it just sounds scary mostly to me. I'm yeah. like, Ooh, I don't want to go to Mississippi. Don't get stuck in Mississippi. That in Alabama, they both kind of hold that place in my heart. Right. But, um, I think the more interesting thing reading about it was it's so the Piney Woods are in Jones County, right? Or part of Jones it. County Jones is County part is of part of it. Yeah. Okay. And then that's where the whole free state of Jones thing mm-hmm. went down, right? Novel. Yeah. True story based on life. Yeah. Uh, based, based on, on the story of Newton Knight or Newt. Yeah. Um, so that was interesting to me. I didn't know a lot about him. I never watched the Matthew McConaughey movie. And I didn't want to because, again, Mississippi. It scares me. But what was interesting about that guy, to derail some of this conversation, is that he, Newt, not Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, I was like, yeah, he's from Austin. Yeah, <laughs> we're not talking about Austin again. <laughs> Going back to Mississippi. Um, so, yeah, he was one of the people who was, like, you know, rebelling against the confederacy right and supporting the union and he uh i guess married uh common law married a slave of his grandfather after all that went down but he had like nine kids by his white wife who lived in one house on the same land as his slave common law wife and they also had he fathered five kids with her and they just all lived separate, but together on this, is everybody equal? Not really. On the same, right. like, 160 acres well, of definitely, land. One has nine kids and one has five, yeah. so it's not equal. Yeah. Right. Who's better off? I don't know. Um, but I thought that was interesting. And then I, I guess, so that, that led me into reading, like, the Smithsonian article about that story and how um, they, they were talking more about the Piney Woods, about the area, and about that... Um, 
how far it's come um, culturally and, you know, generationally, like, you know, the difference between generations and how they view race relations and all that kind of stuff. Um, I thought that was interesting. And again, it's going back to the whole, you know, every place is more complicated than just one side of its story because it's made up of a variety of people. Yeah, I mean, uh, so two things about that. One, I think it's sort of the answer. I'm not an expert on this, but I think the, you know, you asked, like, where's that myth of uh, the antebellum? Yes, it was gone with the wind that kind of, like, spurred. It was like a uh, like an accelerant to that thing. But I think if you ask a lot of people uh, that are knowledgeable about this stuff, they'll say that the antebellum kind of, like, oh, the good old days, like the, the lost cause kind of thing was a racist response to Reconstruction. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying the romanticization of it. Though. Well, yeah, that's like, what I'm saying. All of that yeah, was kind of popularization of yeah, it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So all of it was, and you tell they're telling myths about the great stuff, and so then those myths, those like small myths, like you know, it was great, grand old houses, grand ladies, beautiful. You know what I mean? Like with class, and let me tell you, those get kind of caught up, and then you got like a gone with the wind kind of thing, mm-hmm. where they tell, and so then that gets spun up, and then that's hard to squash, and you're like, yeah, it was great, right? And then they're telling these grand stories, but they're really, like you said, just telling you the plot lines of Gun with the Wind or talking about, you know, those people. So, yeah, and then it becomes self-reinforcing, that kind of stuff. Um, Where that article, that this article started to lose me, or I I started to be like, okay, was he, I felt like the author was trying to replace, begin to plant the seeds of replacing that myth with this new myth of the piney woods <laughs> a the, we never called it the piney woods growing up it was the pine belt the piney woods is a new it's a new term you know and <laughs> cool name for it yeah and the painting newt knight as this savior that nobody ever talked about you know like yeah. you know and people in jones county don't go around expressing pride in being the anti-anti-confederate, you know, the anti-anti-union or whatever, you know, like there's not this huge like stance against racism in Laurel, Mississippi or in Jones (laughs) County. You know, we have a Confederate statue that he said that we don't have in the Piney Woods. Mm -hmm. Yes, there is one Mm -hmm. in Laurel, Mississippi, right in the heart of the Piney Woods. And so, um, maybe he's he's, he's trying to tell some new myth. I mean, that's all. Yeah. I felt like he was trying to create a new myth and I kind of lost, lost my, interest at that point so <laughs> yeah i mean you know like i said i i took it from the other but i i don't know the specifics of those things I, I mostly said like thought of it like there could be yeah there are more sides to it i'm not just going to accept the the accepted w- wisdom of it i think the other part of, about what you said gina um yeah you're saying like every place has a different a lot of people talk about this right who gets to tell the story influences what is told about that story um, and I always thought about, you know, like, so I grew up like on the south side of San Antonio, which is, you know, the scary side, according to people who didn't live on the south side and just be like, yeah, it's scary down there. Really? There's like, oh, there's a lot of Mexicans over there. Um, so, you know, like, uh, I always felt like certain parts of San Antonio that either I'm now in a lot or I live in or whatever, were kind of just either just a completely different city that I had no interaction with. Right. And, you know, to me, San Antonio was the parts of town that I was in all the time. And, you know, so I remember reading like, uh, you know, like some history of San Antonio book. And it's just this lady that grew up in like Alamo Heights and just talking about the city 
in a way that is just completely foreign to me. You know what I mean? Like, and we would go down to this part. I'm like, Alamo Heights. Who lives in Alamo Heights? I don't know. Nobody lives in Alamo Heights. That's always, like I said, amongst the people I grew up with, it was like, oh, yeah, those fancy people, they think they're better than everybody. Uh, they do also, you know, they, they don't like anybody to live there. They're very <laughs> restrictive. But, the, you know what I'm saying? I never really encountered anybody from Alamo Heights. You know what I mean? Until I read the book. I'm like, oh, that's that's what they were doing this whole time, huh? Uh, you know. Going to perspective. cotillions or whatever that is. You know what I mean? Like, who knew that they were having a, a this thing? <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Wasn't me. Wasn't in my part of town. Uh, definitely not 30 years after, you know, I was written like in the 60s. You know, I grew up as a kid in the in the 90s, whatever. So um, I think those parts of things. So I was uh, like, what do you do about that? I was telling my mom not that long ago. I was kind of looking at some Ancestry.com. It's, it's hard to find anything about women that were alive you know in like the 1900s it's just like they were born they got married and that's kind of it had a bunch of kids and so you try to match up like the legal documents with like the life stories that you've heard uh you know so my mom's like oh yeah my grandmother told me about this person that she was funny and so now you see the name i'm like what do i have to to capture how funny she was and you know nothing right nobody has a joke that she told or nothing um you know where's your netflix special great 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 granny uh but it, so like the deal i think what is important for all everybody is to just write your own story because one nobody gives a damn about you or me or you know gina um except the people that will give a damn right you know what i mean like the people after you the people that are gonna come there uncle dell you know aunt gina great 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 grandma gina whatever the case may be and so I was encouraging my mom to write her life story. I was like, don't do it for me because, I mean, I kind of know parts of it. And maybe you just don't want to reveal some things to your son or something like that. But or don't even write it for your grandkids, but write it for their kids, your great-great-grandkids. You know what I mean? Tell the story to them so that way they can have it. Because, you know, like I would certainly love an account of the life and times of my great-great-grandmother, you know, in whatever part of town she lived. And, like, I can see on the map where she lived. I can kind of go there and visit and look at pictures and get an idea of what it, but it would have been great for her to just give me the mundane accountings. Like, yeah, I went down to the grocery store. That guy's an asshole. I can hate that dude. Um, you know, just whatever, like that kind of stuff would be amazing. But would anybody care about it? Not really. Except me. Well, I'm lying. Nobody cares about it until like a thousand years passed. And then it's super important. Right? <laughs> it's in the same way that you like your high school, poetry you're like this sucks and you leave it up there for like 10 years and you bring it back out like wow this is like captures a moment in time that's lost forever that sucked it sucked but <laughs> you know it does represent a time and place that has gone to history now yeah yeah, yeah. so there you go write your write in your journal dear diary <laughs> i podcasted today retell the history of your Tell city your story of how you went to kmart today all right i'm writing that down Journal, <laughs> journal. Note to self. Journal. Journal. Oh, that means it's daily. <laughs> how you know? How I have? I have a journal here. We don't want to see your journal Look on the journal. podcast. Look at it. It's right here. Did everybody see I it? it Did everybody see that? It's good. It's great. I try <laughs> to do it. I try to. I try to live my own advice there, guys. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah, I have like three abandoned journals that are all like first two pages written in and then just Look, blank. Dear Diary, <laughs> new adventure die, again. Before That's we the die, pressure. I never even know how one. to start it. 
Ready Player Two are all going to be realities. It's all going to be jacked in to a hard drive on the neural network. Every memory that we've ever had. So what? our great grandkids will be able to just hang out with the image of ourselves like we were alive. Gross. I don't want them to. What? I mean, yeah, I guess. I don't know if they'll be able to read that same technology, right? Like, you capture it. Will they ever? Like, right now, it's super hard to find a VCR. But yeah? you can. Yeah. They stop making you know tapes. They stop making the adapters for them. So you're like, oh, I have these for always. Do you? Right? Digital quality does corrupt. Hard drives fail. I mean, it's not, some of this stuff's not permanent. Um, Until we get a quantum. <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? This uh, this other thing I read about like birds dying. Did you guys see that? The birds I've dying? I've seen a lot of articles about it. And I saw the ones you sent, but I haven't read them. Yeah, yeah. I read that. We're on to you, Dale. You've been killing birds. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got to move again. Yeah. <laughs> Cardinals out here. I'm going to get them. Yeah, so I, um, they basically solved like some mystery that the like eagles were like seizing up and like uh, going paralyzed and just dying. They're like, I don't know what's happening. What's for what? like decades or something. Yeah, right? they had no idea. Uh, it, this is in Wired, and like I said, you can find the links in the show notes. Go to the site; they'll be somewhere, right? Um, yeah, yeah. They, or you can just Google it, right? Wired story: birds dying, figured it out, whatever. Um, yeah, so they, they 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 figured it out, right? There was like, um, they thought it was like this invasive species of plant, uh, and then this like this chick they just kind of named it whatever she wants. There's still plants you could just name whatever you want now. Like, Apparently. We still, you just call it, this is Adam super cool no time. No one else has the claim on it, right? Yeah, I'm asked, what? I feel like, figure we, or they're we just not these. near you to hear yeah. you. I'm like, I already named that. <laughs> well, they just discovered like six new types of bacteria that have never been seen before on the space station. You know, this, so, this reminds let's me. Let's not bring that space station back. I don't this want This reminds it. me of our kids' approach to discovery. Yeah. She she also discovers mouth. lots of things that have already been discovered. Yeah, we went for a walk today. She was like, I'm going to tell everybody. We're like explorers. This is a new discovery. I'm like, this is all paved sidewalk. <laughs> <laughs> There's there an abandoned book in their and house a McDonald's bag. Us. Somebody has been my, here. She's like, yeah, but it's brother, a new discovery. My brother and I used to go down to our basement and think, we we're gonna like discover like we were discovering like <laughs> hidden parts that nobody had ever been to <laughs> in, in the house that was right above us <laughs> your dad's like you did you guys go into my <laughs> my high school stuff again <laughs> yeah there's quit, bad poetry quit digging quit digging in our foundation you're gonna make the house fall in <laughs> Right. It, it so they're renaming seemed, they plants and bacteria. It, it is. It is a there. bacteria. They like, don't know. Well, well. So the the plant that well, they they do know. But they don't know how they it got there. Right. It's a plant. It's like a combo, right? Yeah, yeah. So the plant encourages growth of a bacteria, and this bacteria uh, feeds off of like bromine in the water and turns it into like bromide, which will kill you or at least mess with the the neural system of plants so it accumulates in is that one of those area. cool guy words like brosif yeah it's like that <laughs> it's a okay. bromide uh it's a yeah so and they're like well how did we get this concentration in here it turns out like they think it, it could be like insecticide people trying to kill the plant and then that gets converted into whatever you know what i mean so the whole thing is that we don't know what we're doing right 
it's like the we, consequences like the people of that what made we're the doing. Teflon were like this is good your pl- your pain is non-stick even though and then their factory workers have like four heads now you know what i mean and just like people are dying you know rowdy cancers cows are dying uh, and they're like, yeah, I think this is fine. They're like, what do we do with the waste of the stuff? Like, I don't know, just dump it in the ocean. And then all the, you know, there's like knock-on effects all the way. And I like the idea where they say, uh, you should prove that your chemicals are safe, are not going to cause harm, and not like the other way where we say, let's prove our chemicals um, do cause harm. Right? I mean, like. You prove that somebody's, right. you know, and then we'll stop making them. Let's, how about the other? Right. Yeah. So, um, and that's something in, in Europe that I've always appreciated is that they have a lot stricter. Like you have to go; it's a lot more rigorous to get things approved on the front side. America is like, do everything, whatever you want, until we find out it's bad, and then we'll stop. Yeah, that's that's really. <laughs> We're putting a lot on our ability to reverse damage. Capitalism. <laughs> I mean, like I said, it's cool. Have you ever had a non-stick pan? That's good. It's cool. It is. It's okay. nice. It's not sticking, but we all have trace amounts, or no, it's not even trace. We all have an amount that of like whatever. Uh, In us. Yeah, whatever material. The I guess I don't know. I'm not a scientist. Um, that stuff in you, and it's like they don't know what it does, right? So the same kind of deal, right? Here's an invasive species of plant encouraging growth of a bacteria that is like interacting with our in, uh, our uh, uh, fungicide or whatever it is that whatever, it is. and it's killing bald eagles, our national bird. Good job, guys. Uh, so now they're like, okay, now we know where to start. Now we gotta try to fix it. But if, it might very well be like that. We got a mouse problem. Let's introduce a cat. Now we got a cat problem. Let's introduce a dog. You know, and like that whole thing. Yeah. So, what's your solution to this, Gina? Stop trying. <laughs> yeah, just give it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know, because I I would say be more conscientious about what we're doing, but you know, clearly that has negative effects. Hearing about the birds just reminds me of how we have birds who've built a nest in one of our hanging plants on our front porch. And now I feel responsible for their safety because I can't just like I would just pull the plants down and water them every day. And when I did that most recently this weekend, I found there's a little nest with two blue eggs in it. I was like, crap. And you should put it back when I can't kill the plant. I got to water it carefully. (laughs) Then I don't want them to think I'm like attacking their little home, the parents, that is. So uh, it's stressing me out. Yeah. So, you know, the, there's like two. One, we sell birds in, uh, we have two hanging plants. So plant A, plant B. Plant B has, comes first. Has, <laughs> is it the second one? <laughs> plant B is the second one. <laughs> Which one did you get first? That one. Plant, plant B. Yeah, that one has eggs in it. Plant A just has a nest. So I think what happened, we had to read up on like, you know, finches. These are finches there. I think one started building a nest while the other one was doing like they were not, they didn't know, right? It's very like, uh, like I love Lucy kind of deal, right? You know, like, oh, this could be a great home. There's no other birds. And then there's another bird and they keep missing each other. So, you know, one had eggs. We thought, we thought the one was gone until like I said, Gina pulled down the second one and she's like, oh crap, there's eggs in this one. Do they just have two things in here? What? Until today we saw... A bird go into its nest, trying to go to nest A, 
And then those other birds just flew at it, like dive bombed at it, like, get out of here. And they're like fighting. They chased them up the tree. It was crazy. I was like, man, this is like violence right now. Nest A was in plant B, right? <laughs> nest A, plant B. Nest 2 was in plant 0, which is in the backyard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. It was crazy. It's a, you know, and then we were reading about these finches. We're like, what can we expect to happen? And it's like, because we was also wa- an education. We're like, where isn't the bird supposed to be sitting on these eggs or something like that, right? Like, how does it work, right? You know, I'm not a yeah. Not I started thinking they got abandoned or something. Mm. Oh what? What'd you learn? Well, <laughs> I'm glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> what did you learn? Oh, Gina. Apparently, a- finches do abandon their eggs or nests at various times. I don't, I don't even think this is, this is probably not even like specific to finches, but yeah. the article was, but yeah, they will abandon their clutch. Um, they also have like multiple clutches per year, but they'll mate with a single partner and then they'll have like, you know, a few batches of eggs. Yeah. And, um, then if they're overwhelmed or they're stressed for whatever reason, like environmental influences, as you do so they might parent. toss some eggs out of the nest like we got too many in here let's just throw a couple out or once they hatch they may toss them or if they're freaked out they might like peck them like into harming them like all kinds of crazy stuff that lots of stuff i didn't know i had so much in common with finches where I, like i could understand that feeling i have yet to kick any toss a kid toss a kid out of the house <laughs> but there's been times when I'm like, you know what? It'd be real great to just let you yeah, out the you house. Got, and close you got the door. one more coming. You don't know what your limit is. Yeah. I mean, it could be. I'm like, that's it. I can't take this anymore. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, we we're just kind of wondering, like, what, like, did they abandon these eggs? No, they didn't. They were just out getting food or something. Um, and so, like, we're just kind of on the lookout, like, around the porch, we might see, like, a bird on the ground. That means that somebody got stressed. <laughs> Yeah, but I don't. Know you do it. You can't put it back and reintroducing the stress. I but I also don't want just the bird laying on the ground. And like the parents would be all disappointed, right? Like who saved you? Like it was those. It was those humans. How did you get back up here? <laughs> I knew we shouldn't have moved. We were next done time. with you. I told you not to buy trouble. These humans. Yeah, put some uh, lavender around the nest. Play some nice classical music. Wait, it could be yeah, so. Keep it nice you know, funny you say calm. that. Funny you said that. They, their nest is right above our English lavender. So it could be that they're just like, this is just a calming kind of day. Yeah, I like this spot. <laughs> you know, it's a good spot here. What I did do was move our bird feeder from the backyard to the front yard. So that was me helping them out. Like, look, guy, I know you got, it's me helping the dude out because the dude's out there having to go get this. So he has to go yeah, but feed. now you've brought all this competition like to his backyard. A little bit, but I mean, look, I'm like, look, these other birds are not going to be here all the time. You don't have to fly off that far. Did you talk to him about it? I'm just, you know, just we looked at each other <laughs> and I just gave him a look. It's a dad kind of look. You know what I mean? Like, like I know what you're going through. I know. She said, like, I don't want this seed. I want that seed, special seed. And he's like, oh, jeez, that seed doesn't grow around here. And he's out. Anyway, I put special seed there. He, You know, I seen him get it and I seen him go back. <laughs> so I'm helping him out. This, this doesn't fix my problem with watering my plants. Like without I th- I, drowning I their babies. I suggested to Gina a complicated <laughs> system where she could just like drip water it. And she's like, no, I'm going to take it down and turn the water hose on high. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see who makes it. Survival of the fittest, Finch. <laughs> so there you go. I mean, we got, you know, like we got, we got a nest. It's cool. I'm excited. 
You into finches, Dell? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know much about finches. Well, did you know that they're... They I know a lot more now. Blue eggs. Blue eggs. Turns yeah. out. There's only, what, two of them? Two of them in there? Yeah, just two. I think robins lay, two, lay blue eggs, too, right? Yeah. Isn't that a color? Like robin egg blue? Yeah. It is. Yeah. I mean, there, there's no robins we have around here. There's a cardinal, and he likes to just hang out on the side. He Cardinals are jerks. Yeah, he, he's kind of a jerk. He's, he's like bullying people. But they look pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. The male ones do. Yeah, typical. I mean, that's how it is with me and Gina, too. I mean, I'm real shiny. Yeah, I'm real beautiful. Got like great real plumage flashy. going on. Uh, young Gina is a little brown, just kind of dull. Just slur me. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Dell, do you want to talk about music right now? I always want to talk about music. Yeah, no, that's oh, what it is. Are you, do you want to learn about music? That's oh, the question. No, no, I don't want to learn. I'm, I'm not learning. <laughs> So to remind you, if you listen to the last show, I, I made like a couple of just quick thoughts. I said, you know, we we're talking about YouTube, and I was like, they're non good, at least not. I try to give them a shot. It's not my cup of tea, or my you know favorite music, either of those things. It's not either. And um, I, I said, you know, like I, uh, it could be that you know some people people like different kinds of music. I had seen, I come across a video on YouTube that I found interesting. As like an explanation attempt. And I was like, you know, I don't know if this, you know, he, the guy, was it Tomasino something? It's like music theory for guitar, whatever. Uh, he had said, he had proposed a theory. I think that he said he cribbed from his friend and he wrote it in Italian, an Italian blog or something. Uh, and it's an attempt to explain why he thinks it. And the very quick, short and sweet version of it, uh, you can go on to YouTube and talk about it. Or, and... Uh, what am I saying? You can go on there. Yeah, well, listening for yourself. But, you know, the, the high points are like, hey, look, melody, harmony, rhythm, right? Melody is like the, the kind of song that you can, can whistle, right? The, the harmony is like sort of like the chord progressions. The rhythm is like the beat, right? These are very simple explanations of these, these characteristics. And he's kind of saying people that like jazz, right? Your jazz has like a complicated um, harmony. It's like harmony and a little bit of uh, rhythm, uh, like rap music is a lot of rhythm right james brown he used as an example that's a a lot of rhythm and not a whole and not a whole lot of the other things and like classical music like you know i think he uses mozart as an example a lot of melody a little bit of harmony not a lot of rhythm so he's like if you're if you like james brown right you like, get up off of that thing and you listen to mozart you're like where's the beat then you're not gonna like classical music uh you know if you like the melody or whatever, and you listen to like, I don't know, let's say rap, just to use an extreme example, you're like, where's even the melody, just whatever, you know, so like, it's those kinds of things, and he said, this is kind of a generic whatever, and his recommendation ends up being just like, yeah, just think about it that way, like, what part, what are you listening for when you like music, and maybe try to appreciate some other aspect, um, and I think that was, that was kind of what I was hinting at, at when I said that, Gina, you like jazz, a little bit more than I do, and I like blues music a little bit more than you do, and it could be just like mm. related to some of those things. Um, Del, you watch and you you spent approximately fifty two years in the music theory. Um, so, what did you think of his? I don't know what to call it. His theory, his idea. Um. 
I thought that he was speaking to an audience that I don't have, you know, any relationship to. Uh, it was so reductive as to be completely useless. I felt. <laughs> like, I mean, what is this? to be honest, especially in the, you know, I don't expect anybody to, that's not a theorist or not a, a scholar, you know, hadn't studied music seriously for a long time to, to understand the interplay of harmony and melody in somebody like Mozart. But to say that classical music is, even in a very general way defined by dominance of melody is naive on the on the most basic level like it's just not true it's not true at all like you can't separate them what i will say is that man i i i was gonna say that you could you could make the argument that rhythm doesn't play a stronger role but that's not even true it's just that we don't the rhythms don't have there's not a percussive element like came into music from after folk music was introduced to African musics. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, I, I will say though, he does say a lot of times, this is very, sure. very, very simple version of that. Right. Yeah. But, I, but there are plenty of people who like Bach or Mozart and James Brown. Well, you know? yeah, he, I mean, again, he also said that too. I just, I don't want to stand in as a defense for that, but just right. he does say that too. That like, one, there's so a lot what's of, he yeah. really saying though? Like, well, that's my point. Like he's he's generalized it to a point that's completely useless because well, I, every everybody and everything's an exception. Well, right. I, I don't know that he was saying there's an exception. One, if you like music and you're watching this, it, I don't see that he's gonna sway you because that's not what he's. I mean, the whole the video's titled "Why You Hate Jazz," right? Because there's people that just, and he says this, right? People that come but in what, and say, "I hate this kind of music because it sucks." Jazz but just what sucks. Even, yeah, go ahead. But even within jazz, which which, which era of jazz? Bebop or big band or cool pop? I think I think jazz. I think that, favorite. To, <laughs> <laughs> to me, that's his point, right? Is that like when people are like, "I hate jazz," and he's kind of saying. Right. What are you listening to that you hate? What is it that you're listening to that you think is jazz and also that you hate? And then, you know, because he starts out by saying there's there's something, you know, some people like whatever music they're listening to. Right. Even you say just the most terrible music. And we talked about this, about like you too. What is it that people like about it? There are pleasing sounds and aspects of it. And we all we kind of agreed on that. I don't want to rehash that. Go last week's episode. Listen to that. There are pleasing aspects of it, but you know what is it that I don't like? Right? Is it is it just that I just don't appreciate some things in there? It could be that, uh, but it also could be that you know whatever. I'm I'm joking when I say it sucks. Obviously, it doesn't suck. Yeah, but it sucks. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, all those things could be true. Like you said I like jazz. I listen to lots of different jazz. I know that bebop jazz is different than like modal jazz, which is like saying, um, what's his face? Uh, can't think of some of the bebop guys name a bebop jazz guy miles davis well he was that but then he also did like the modal <laughs> jazz stuff right he did like kind of blue Coltrane, yeah duke dizzy gillespie yeah so that so that's what i'm saying is like everybody's like oh yeah that miles davis that that was like the peak 
of like modal jazz and everybody's like kind of blue what a great album that that's awesome um but that's also not all jazz and like miles davis said we're off that now we're on this new stuff and some of that new stuff jazz people were like that is just noise right was it like the um i can't think of that guy's name um Marcellus or something like that. He was like, "This is yeah." He was like, "This is awful. It's just noise. It's not jazz to me. It's not music to me. Yeah. It doesn't have anything." So I think there's there's a little bit of that aspect in there where, you know, like again, you're telling Miles Davis, who's who, who's <laughs> for some people like this is the pinnacle of some jazz right here. This is, you know, a home run, a masterpiece. He went on to make some of this to these same people unlistenable music, right? But to Miles Davis, it was intellectually interesting, emotionally, you know, moving, all these other things where it just, you're like, what a, yeah. and it just is really hard to listen to. <laughs> but yeah, some of that, it presages some of the things you, you know, you're talking about like uh shoegaze music. Some of that stuff presages some of the like kind of electronic music and stuff that we're kind of getting into now where, you know, we just didn't have the technology there. Um, right. So, yeah, it could be that you're just not ready for it. That the government Marcellus is just saying he wasn't ready for that, and that's fine. Also, um, yeah. I, I I think that we I think that we got around to the most salient factor in, and this is going on an assumption that the vast majority of people are fairly uncritical about their likes and dislikes in general, and I think that most people are uncomfortable with things that are unfamiliar to them, whether it be in music or anything else in life. Most people in a very general way, I'm generalizing just like the other dude did, (laughs) but any music that is unfamiliar to you, unless you are listening to discover with an open mind, some new understanding of what music is, it, it our instinct is to push it away because it's different from what we know yeah and i think that's the vast majority i don't think it has as much to do with like well i like melody driven music or harmony driven music i think it's i know this music i've i grew up hearing this music and so i've internalized it in some way and this other music i've never heard it before and so it's like i don't understand it I don't want to spend the energy to, to live inside of it for enough to begin to understand it. And so I just reject it. And I put a, um, what do you call it? What do you call it? When you, a value on it, right? Value judgment. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, an emotional, you attach an emotion to it rather than, and that's a substitute for open-mindedness or critical thinking or whatever, you know? I definitely, I definitely think that has a lot to do with it, right? Like, you know, I think everybody kind of loves the music that you were that was out when you were a teenager, right? You just have a stronger attachment to it. But you were saying that you listen to some of it now, and you're like, yeah, this is bad music. This this is not good. That uh, <laughs> what I what I listened to then was non good, but I still have a soft spot for it because it was mine or whatever. Yeah, and I mean, there's truth to what Dell's saying too, like. It reminds me of the first time we listened to Fiona Apple's The Idler Wheel and so on and so forth, <laughs> long-ass title, um, where I was like, what is this noise? Like, yeah. this sounds ridiculous Both to my you ears. And a friend, when I was like, check it out, you guys were like, no. <laughs> yeah, and I probably never would have listened to it again, but you kept playing it. 
so it became more familiar. And now it, the whole album, like I like every song on the album, but it sounds completely different now that it's familiar than yeah. what I remember right. it sounding like before. There's a piece of the, the best example I can give is of this sort of thing, this sort of phenomenon. And let me say also that like, I think that throughout our lives, we go through periods of openness to receiving new things. You know, when we're in a good place, when we're comfortable and secure in our lives, I think that we are open to exploring new things we haven't explored. You know, it's like, oh, I'm going to pick this hobby up. I've never done that. It's the same sort of thing, I think, with music. Uh, I was broke um, as hell when I listened to that, so no, I disagree with you. You're wrong. <laughs> I'm not open to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this type of music called serial music or atonal, the precursor to that atonal music in the early 20th century um, that was just not in the key and just sounds like chaos and noise a lot of the time. I was in piano, um, our piano cohort or whatever would meet once a week and listen to each other play. Nerd piano. alert. Yep. <laughs> well, it was, it was required for, it was part of our class, uh, jury class. For nerds. And uh, this one, this one guy was playing one, one of these Schoenberg pieces and he played it every week for the entire semester. And as the semester went on, like Gina was saying, it, my perception of it completely changed. I began to hear melody come out. Like I began to hear like where the music was going and understand it, yeah. you know? And that probably has been one of the, I guess, most reinforcing things to like, sometimes music isn't bad. You, I just haven't spent enough time to understand it and come at it in a way to appreciate it you know like art like picasso or something like that you know so you appreciate it more the more that you understand it yeah i, I also i mean that is true and and there's a lot of that like because it's trying to communicate something and i think that's why you have to understand the context that's why it's good if you're going to go look at some painting a period painting. Like, this is set from the 1700s you're like it looks like a field what are we what is this right but you're like no you don't understand like this is the part of it's expressive and you have to understand the context because before this, everybody was doing this. And then this is just kind of like a, a punch in the face, right? This is Pulp Fiction when everybody was doing whatever. Cause you know, like we talked about that, right? Seinfeld's not funny that. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's, it's no same way that you go back and you listen to like Billy Haley and his comments and you go the one, two, three, four o'clock rock that that song was like thrash metal was to people they're like what is this noise cover my ears because if you were just listening to like frank sinatra you know somebody just crooning at you and then this guy's like just playing the guitar and you're like what is this it's not even music you're just yelling what you know and then like punk rock was that you're like three chords this guy going around hey like what is that that's not i'm looking benny goodman that's a musician you know uh this dude Sex Pistols, what, what is that? It's not even, they shouldn't even be on the same stage. What are you doing? But it was a reaction to that, like, what it was doing, what it's tapping into is like, you know what? Let's go the most fundamental, stripped down emotion we can, this anger, whatever, and let's, we're playing that. That's the music we're playing to express that emotion, to hit that one. It's not good time, it's Friday night, we're having a great time drinking a cocktail. It's we're upset with everything. You have that emotion also. So let's let's sing about that, right? So I get it. Right? I get all those things. Um and uh, you know, I'm sure you too, 
struck somebody's chord. They were ready for that. <laughs> but I'm saying 2021 ain't doing it for me right now. <laughs> <laughs> so you hate this guy, Tom Cena? You gonna go on there? You gonna start a YouTube channel? Like, what's up, guys? I'm Dell. Uh, uh, no, I thought what he I thought what he had to say was fine for a YouTube video. Damn. I just as as a substantive new as a substantive it's good argument, for YouTube <laughs> or as a substantive and there's good YouTube videos that that are substantive arguments for or, or reasoning why we like or don't dislike music but I think that his reasoning was was one of those things and and his was distilled obviously from his friend's blog too so it's probably even more watered down than the original but it felt more like um, what do they call the, I, dude, I swear I'm, I've got like early onset Alzheimer's because <laughs> I forget words, I forget phrases. Um, are we sure you ever knew them? Yeah. yeah, probably not. No, used to have that. I did, I did <laughs> that same. when I, when I take a test, like, yeah, I knew this, but I'm just, you know, I probably got that early onset. Yeah. I don't know what the answer is now. <laughs> are you sure, Adam? Um, I saw you sleeping the whole semester. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, some sort of like throwaway thoughts sort of things like mu- amusing you know that this person did and it sounds deeper than it is like it's too easily deconstructed i think that's just my opinion i can't help but listen to these sorts of things though and get into that like yeah. academic mindset you know i mean so, yeah that's what i'm saying that's, that's kind of like i i don't know i i didn't yeah i forgot all about it until like you were talking about something like again what i took from there it you was, go belittling us again though <laughs> What I took from it when I listened to it the first time was Can't that. Can't help but be smart about it. That, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> that, I mean, again, he's like, whatever, harmony, rhythm, like, you know, and I said, what is it? I, I was not analyzing the song structure. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is a classic, you know, A, 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 B, A, you know, whatever. I'm just like, this song is a jam, right? And so then, you know, that's what I'm saying, like, figuring out what you like and why you like it, and then also considering why somebody else would like something else. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, so I like so I I try to do that. There's lots of music out there. I'm like, all right, what is, what are people listening to now? I'll check the the latest thing on the on the on the pop charts or whatever. You know, I check out a, a music blog like this guy. Nobody knows him. This is the great thing to listen to right now. I'll try it out. Yeah, you know? and also accept that maybe some of it it's bad and that's okay. <laughs> yeah, but it's necessary to the evolution, right? Like it plays its part. Maybe yeah. it gets right. us from A to B but it doesn't sound good. Yeah, I, I mean, middle. it's the same. With, yeah, it's the same with like uh, movies. I was going to mention this too. Like uh, there is like a musical language too, right? You know, you're talking about like you're listening to this. If you don't understand the musical language that's happening, not necessarily I understand syntax and just sentence structure, that like that stuff. But what this particular thing is trying to show you, you don't get it. And it reminds me of like we were talking about film language before where – you watch like a 1930s film and it's just like it's the equivalent of a long expedi- exposition expo- expository paragraph you're like we don't need to know all this you could just go boom they're in there we get it but that's because we get it because we've seen so many movies we have the shorthand you ever we, watch those movie previews <laughs> you don't even have to watch the movie they tell you everything excitement you know <laughs> she was a secretary and then she says then she stole stuff and then they give you the whole, whole thing movie. like you robbed my grandma like what 
So then she goes right. to the is bank. He, you know, what? Is the movie on? Is this? That was a good movie, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Five minute preview. Uh, but yeah, yeah, all those things like you didn't get. You're like, what am I watching now? They could just show you screenshots. Batman slow walking. Boom, boom, boom. Batman. You're like, okay, Batman's coming out. You don't need to see all that. Like Batman, a man. Batman, who say yeah. no more. Yeah, right. a lot of that stuff is like. Uh, so yeah, you, music. People have listened to lots of different music now. Oh yeah. Yeah, turns out. Can we quote you on that? Yeah. This goes. <laughs> <laughs> the Deranged Finger Podcast. In closing, music. People have listened to it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so you said something about Dave Brubeck too, right? Uh, I was just saying. Wait, I said that. Yeah, it's in five four time. But uh, he, I reread something about it, and it he said he kind of threw it off. He's like, "Dale, you're right." But, <laughs> moving on, like, moving on. I already said it. Damn it! Yeah. <laughs> well, the they they also talked. They also talked in that <laughs> article about his song, uh, their song "Blue Rondo a la Turk," mm-hmm. I love and that song too. I didn't know what song it was until I played it, and I do know that song. I just didn't know what it was called. Um, but there's also a cover of that song done by yeah. Al Jarreau. I don't mm-hmm. know if y'all are familiar with him, yeah, but Jarreau, yeah. uh, oh, do you? <laughs> but uh, jazz hater, it's worth <laughs> listening to if you haven't mm. checked it out. When I'm in elevators, that's when. I listen. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I'm going up, I I've listen been to in that. Dental, you know, offices in the waiting room. Hater. Uh, but I think, you know, like, even speaking about Dave Brubeck, there's a lot of that stuff where people are like, no, 4-4, four, four, that's common time. And a lot of that is just like what everybody's used to, but there's a lot of other cultures where those odd time signatures, are just odd because the, the number's odd. Those are normal, right? And there's even like, we, we have the 12-tone, you know, whatever, even temperament. There's other places where they that's, that's not the norm. And there's lots of other cultures that have different concept of what's music and stuff like that. And like, so... There's a lot of stuff where even like the things where we try to incorporate some of that, they're just uh, a, a watered down version or else we're not ready to hear it. Like even yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Dave Brubeck stuff is like, we're going to do that, but it's also going to be what you're yeah. used to. Cause Brubeck is, is jazz for white people. Like it really, hey. like it's about as whitewashed as you can get and, and safe. Hey. It's not, I'm not trying to take <laughs> There if he you, goes again. <laughs> <laughs> want to really push your boundaries on what music is? Go listen, high look horse. Up and listen to uh, Chinese opera. Look, look that up. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> don't need that. And, my and mind, mind is closed. That challenge. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I don't think any of those things are bad. Like, you don't necessarily need to be listen to everybody's music the whole time because. You know, they're not necessarily listening to your music or whatever. Like, now that thing, you're opposed to, to Dell's suggestion, <laughs> you don't really uh, need to listen to everybody's to, stuff. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. I think some people get off on that. They're just like, no, I've listened to everything that's weird. And that's just it. And it's like, sure. yeah. what do you like? You're like, well, I like, like being it. the guy who listens to weird stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. That's that just it. Like, okay, you can be that guy. That's fine. I feel like I should give the Mars Volta another try. But I'm pretty sure I knew when I heard it, it wasn't good. <laughs> Look. Mars Volta, The Bedlam and Goliath is the best album to stay awake driving to. Do you ever need <laughs> to stay awake thing? driving? You because it's there, jarring? Is it... It's intense, yes, and loud yeah, and fast I... and Ugh. will make you or your journaling go up. Look, so I don't know. Sounds... No judgment. There's no value judgment on that. It's just a fact. There, you know, there's a... Uh... You know, keep a playlist solely the, for that purpose. Yeah, <laughs> support the other point that you made, Dell, about like how like 
there's times in your life when you're ready for it. I mean, some of it just because I was a kid, right? You know, it's like kids, like simple storylines, whatever. I remember being kind of weirded out. I guess like smells like teen spirit. I'm like, they never say smells like teen spirit in the song. How, why would you name a song something that you don't talk about? Like it should be pretty simple. Brick house. They say brick house in it. You know what I mean? Sledgehammer. The guy says sledgehammer. In I remember it. T- shedding, you know, <laughs> sharing wisdom with a friend in elementary school at recess about brick house. <laughs> I was like, there, there's this song, and he, he calls the lady a brick house. <laughs> like, ridiculous. Like, adults are crazy. Yeah, I mean, I remember listening to, like, I thought it was, you know, my parents, like, you should be listening to this, whatever. I was like, I thought it was just like a silly song. Yeah, they didn't even know what we were it's getting like, out of I'm it. I'm a little teapot. She's a brick house. What's the difference? Yeah, exactly. Be who you want to be, we're man. You were just saying people are stuff, you know what I mean? <laughs> Here's a uh, here's a here's a line to go down on another time, but the advent of kids bop in the generation below us yeah. that grew up like listening to kids bop or whatever, yeah. like children's watered down versions of adult song of like adult music, is the reason that music has become so eroded. I think so. It's so like and we can't deal with like more than fifteen seconds of like really simple like hooky things and all these weird sounds in them stuff too just a theory <laughs> i mean I, I think it could i think it's maybe like yeah it's like you've been you've had such a simple diet that it's hard to have like challenging foods later like you still can but we'll it's just say kids bop is very avoidable yeah i mean I, yeah i was like nobody hey, needs to say, listen to that i <laughs> know uh, don't want to conduct weird experiments on his future children but <laughs> like what I what I try to do is like to to answer you know like are you living whatever you know you've espoused on this podcast right um, is that sort of yeah like what I'll try to yeah there's music I Ish. like we'll listen to it um, but then I'm like we'll listen to some other stuff that I, maybe I didn't listen to at the same age that they are now like let's listen to some classical music and then or whatever I'm listening to I try not to have an attitude about it that will kind of lean on them a little bit i'll let them tell me if they like it or not and then if they like it and i don't i'll just say that right i was like yeah it sounds good like it was, and then I'll, if they ask me dad do you like it i'm like it's not my favorite you know what i mean and that's it i'm not saying that they're bad or they can't it's like you like this song or trying that's to cool. convince them yeah that they're wrong yeah i mean because yeah you say like i think you're d- even though they are yeah they'll <laughs> find my, out i remember my mom saying that she never liked led zeppelin <laughs> She's like, those songs are so long. It just goes on. Yeah. Like, is this over already? And, you know, like, I tried Led Zeppelin when I was younger, like high school stuff or like early, late middle school. And I'm like, yeah, this it's not really my, it's kind of slow sometimes. Or you're just kind of like, where is, where's, you know. But then when I hit college, I was like, oh, yeah, this is, these songs are great. You know what I mean? Or like high school, college. I was like, these are awesome this whole time. I can't believe I didn't like them at the, some of it just I wasn't ready to listen to it. Yeah, there's a lot of there are a lot of bands that I never gave a chance because my dad dismissed them, you know, and I yeah. just like, well, it must be bad music then. Yeah, and I've listened to it as an adult and be like, this is actually really awesome music. And what, dad? My dad was a little closed-minded, <laughs> you know. Would you like the Doobie Brothers? Is that what it was? No, he loves the Doobie Brothers. <laughs> I, it would have been something more like like Prince or something like that, even yeah. you know. Um. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, 
Uh, it makes sense that your dad would make stupid movies. It sounds right up his ass. Don't do it. Oof. On that, I don't know if you can call that a note. On that, Michael McDonald. I can't do it. Don't. Oh my gosh. People can hear you. He came from somewhere back in his long ago. No, we should All stop. Right. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Drain Pink Podcast. You can subscribe on the internet. Um, we, you know, you go to derangepenguin.com. You Google it, Derange Penguin Podcast. It's penguin with a W, P E N G W I N, right? If for some reason you're listening to this and you're like, ah, oh, what was that podcast? I can't remember it, whatever. Uh, tell your friends. If you like it, share it with somebody. Say, listen to the show, you know, send it out. That's how we're going to get the word out. Not that listen we want to together, be hold hands. Yeah, I mean, do that. Listen, put on YouTube. Say, let's see if YouTube is as bad as they say. And then, you know, if it turns out you love them, whatever, you send an email. Like, well, here's why I like it. Start a YouTube channel. We'll send us the link. We'll watch it. And that will tell you how you're bad at music theory, you know? But you're good enough for YouTube. <laughs> That's good <laughs> for YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> here in these, you know, these, this is my ivory tower here. We. I don't even think I said it was good. <laughs> I said it was fine for YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Laying it on too thick, guys. Yeah. I actually went to my YouTube history and deleted it from my history. <laughs> Less the algorithm. <laughs> I don't want the algorithm telling me more stuff like that to watch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, yeah, blocked and reported. Uh, so yeah, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening to the show. Um, you know, we'll be back next week with another one. Good times. If you, hey, we do like feedback. Let us know the feedback. Uh, you know, it gives us an idea how good or non good we're doing. Give us the feedback. Don't let us know the feedback. I mean, yeah. Hey, Just give it and we will know. Feedback. Um, yeah. All right. Bye. We, bye. We're going to be done right now. Oh my God. <laughs>